Will you please open in prayer this morning? Oh my goodness, I'm not Thank you. <laughs> Just pretend we're not. <laughs> Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And we thank you that we are free to gather in this country, Lord. I pray yes. in your holy name. I ask wisdom, Lord, for Bruce, Lord, as he gives us the word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. So last week we covered several um, prophecies about um, the coming Messiah from the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament. And I've got a few more that I want to share to complete that section. And then I'm going to move into the fear of the Lord this morning. And um, I'm kind of debating where to go next after this, after today. I have uh, several biblical timelines that I believe are being played out again now in our time that I could talk about. I have several um, parables that I have interpretations for that maybe you haven't heard ever before. I would like to And then I've got um, a few other things about what I, where I think we're headed and why. So... That'll But um can you can you make that in six lessons between now and uh, I can make it in at least three, <laughs> maybe four. This is lesson number seven today. Wow. And uh, I, I I knew that there would be ten to twelve lessons in this class, so now I'm probably thinking it's gonna be twelve. So the first scripture for today is Zechariah 9.9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then if we turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verses 4 through 7. It says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the bull of a donkey. So Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, not a a, a kingly steed. Then we'll go back to Zechariah again, chapter 11 this time. Verses 12 and 13, Zechariah 11, 12 and 13. Then I said to them, if it is agreeable to you, give me my wages. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, that princely price they set on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. 
Then the fulfillment of that we will find in Matthew chapter 26. Starting in verse 14, Matthew 26, verses 14 through 16. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time he sought the opportunity to betray him. And then in verse, chapter 27, verses 3 through 10. What was the book again? That was the one you're doing now. The one you're doing now. It was Matthew 26:14 14 through 16, and then now Matthew 27, oh, okay. verses 3 through 10. Thank you. Then Judas, his betrayer, Seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then it was fulfilled what was spoken by, it says Jeremiah the prophet, but it was really Zechariah the prophet. And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, whom they of the children of Israel priced, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. So Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, and then it was used to buy the potter's field. These are legends, you know, in Christianity, but this is the origin of it. First it was prophesied hundreds of years before he came, and then it was fulfilled. Psalm 33 Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up in the deep, he lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Now turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Hebrews, chapter 1, Verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Everything was created by and for Jesus. He was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us, and it was through the word spoken that everything was created. In the beginning was the word, all things were made through him. Now we'll go to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Verses 11 through 15. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Talking about the Messiah who was to come. For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and the needy and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence and precious shall be their blood in his sight. And he shall live and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually and daily he shall be praised. In verse 17, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Praise you, Lord. And of course, in Genesis 12, we've looked at this many times, but we'll look at it one more time. Verses 1 through 3, or verse 2. The Lord speaking to Abram, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the world will be blessed. And we know that in John chapter 3, verse, verse 16, it says that everyone who believes in Jesus will be saved. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then it says that I did not come to, to condemn the world but that the world through me might be saved. So Messiah will bring redemption and salvation to all who would believe in him. That's why he came. He came as a man to take back dominion that man had lost to Satan. And he came as a man to establish his kingdom on earth. And it's a never-ending kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he came back to take back dominion for us. And then the end of the Gospels, it says, As the Lord sent me, I now send you. But tarry in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. And just as he needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit after his baptism before he started his earthly ministry and doing miracles, signs, and wonders, so also we, filled with the Holy Spirit, will do the same things that he did and even greater things will we do, it says. And that's going to happen, and a lot of us are going to see, feel, and be part of it because he's getting ready to pour out his glory on all flesh even greater than ever before.
And that's one thing that we have to look forward to. We'll talk more about that in the future. Okay, we're going to flip the switch to another topic. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 10. Starting kind of down in the middle of that verse, it says, Gather the people to me, capital M, means God is talking, and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days of their life on earth, and that they may teach their children. So right away in Deuteronomy, God is saying that all the people need to learn to fear me and to learn my words and teach them to their children. And then in chapter 6 and verse 2, it says that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. So there's a promise that comes with the fear of the Lord and keeping his commandments, and that is your days will be prolonged. You'll be blessed. Now I'm moving ahead, Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And Psalm 2, verses 10 through 12. Psalm 2, verses 10 through 12. Now therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. We'll talk more about that verse in other sections of this uh, teaching as we go along. Now let's turn to Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verses 12 through 15. Psalm 25, 12 through 15. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Now, in every era, godly men and women have practiced the fear of the Lord. And that there's several things about the fear of the Lord. In Psalm 19 that we read, it says it's clean, it's enduring forever. We're going to read in future passages that it can be learned that it's the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge. But what this psalm, Psalm 35, reveals is several promises to the one who fears the Lord. 
Promise number one, guidance. He himself shall teach in the way he chooses. So God will guide your steps and, and order your your life path if you if if you fear him, if you acknowledge him and are aware of his presence in your life in all aspects. And second is that you'll have spiritual prosperity. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, it says in verse 13, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. So you'll have spiritual prosperity now and dwell in that, and then your descendants, your children, if you teach them about this, they'll inherit the earth and have future prosperity. The next promise is you'll, the, the Lord will confide in you secrets that he keeps hidden from people who don't fear him and don't seek him. It says the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Remember at the very start of this class, I read the verse from Proverbs 25 where it says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to seek out a matter. And we are the kings who are seeking out these matters, these secrets hidden in Scripture that God has placed there for our benefit when we are diligent to seek them. Since he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It also says that he will keep his covenant and show his covenant to those who fear him. Now, we live in a new covenant in which our sins are forgiven, but also in that covenant is healing, deliverance, and power. And um, for some reason, the Western church especially has been willing to believe in salvation as part of their atonement, but they have not been willing to receive and allow to manifest in their lives healing, deliverance, power, and authority. But all those things are included in the atoning salvation and propitiation that Jesus purchased with his blood on the cross. And we need to have the full atonement benefits and not just a partial benefit. Mm It's it's like getting married and living in a house with your wife, but you, you never are intimate with her, you never share meals together, and you don't do anything. Yeah. You get a little bit of it, but you don't get the whole, everything you're supposed to have. Right. And there's a Greek word, sozo, mm-hmm. and that word means healed or made well. It also means that you've been delivered or set free. You know, when when Jesus said to different people, your faith has made you well, your faith has healed you, your faith has restored you, this man's faith is so great that I didn't have to even have to go to his house for a servant to be healed. Every time he said those things, the word is sozo in Greek. And even when he raised the dead, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, his daughter was raised from the dead. And even then, that word is sozo. Mm. So I'm believing that we need to see ourselves having dead-raising faith in the future. Amen. When God pours out his spirit, 
prophets that we listen to have said, you know, that there's going to be many, many deaths in the near future. Some by certain means and some by other means. One of the other means that's going to cause these deaths is God's going to pour out his judgment on all the evil people who have brought us to such a negative place in our society. Mm-hmm. And, when, and some of them are going to die. Mm-hmm. God took out evil people in the past, and he can take out evil people again now. And he's planning to according to the words that he speaks through his servants, the prophets, right now. Mm-hmm. And some will die because of things that were forced on them by those evil rulers. When talking about vaccines and things like that, mm-hmm. that everybody who's watching probably has found out that there's a lot of unreported and reported deaths from people who took it that otherwise probably wouldn't have died. And I'm not, but there also is a remedy for that. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're born again, and you took the jab in order to have your work or because you just didn't know that it was harmful, you can repent for that and tell God you're sorry, and he'll give you a, a healing power to overcome whatever the jab does that causes people to die suddenly. Amen. And the same thing for your children. If you have children and they're of childbearing age, and part of the effect of that is to make them unfertile or to have miscarriages and stillborns, you can repent and pray and stand in the gap for them. And I believe that you should. That's good. But anyway, um, I don't want to get into all that right now. But... I will, um, oh no, I only scratched the bare surface of it. I, I have a lot more to say about that, Dennis. Okay, I can hardly wait. And then the last thing that in this uh, verses from Psalm 25 is that the Lord will pluck your feet out of the net. It's, it's talking about deliverance. And in many places in Scripture, it says that the evil people set snares and traps and dig pits to trap the righteous, but they're going to fall into it themselves. And the Lord is going to protect us from those kind of things if we fear him. Now, I'm not talking about fear like you're afraid of snakes or spiders. The fear of the Lord is not wanting to disappoint him, not wanting to miss the calling he has on your life, not walking in the assignments that he prepared for you before the foundation of the world. That's part of it. And the other part is recognizing his presence and and, and giving him credit for every little time that he blesses you. Like right. we... Bless and praise the Lord every time we get to a stoplight and it turns green right when we get there. And we say, thank you, Lord, what a blessing that you turn that light right for us. And, and if we find a parking place right in front of where we're going, thank you, Lord, you prepared a place for us before we even got here. But if you acknowledge God in every little thing and see him as always being present and part of your life, that's part of the fear of the Lord. That's what he wants. He wants us to be 
intimately involving him in every aspect of our lives. Amen. <clears throat> so, move on, Psalm 33, verse 8. Bruce, can I just ask Psalm 25, when did he write this song? David. When? About uh, seven, eight hundred years before Christ. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Seven to eight hundred years before Christ. There was, remember I said there was 14 generations from Moses to David, 14 generations yes. from David to the... Um, captivity in Babylon and 14 generations from the captivity to Jesus. Each, each 14 gen, each one is about 40 years. Okay. Psalm 33 verses 6 through 9. Now we read this earlier. I'm only going to read verse 8 this time. Let all the earth fear the Lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. People also say that the fear of the Lord is to look upon him with awe and trembling. Well, that's part of it. That's a small part. And um, Psalm 34, this is, this is really an important one, these verses here in Psalm 34. In this... Verse 7 is the first one. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. And that's something I pray over Jane and I as we're falling asleep every night. I said, Lord, you know that we fear you, and your word promises that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Protect our, un our subconscious minds while we're sleeping from any attack of the demonic Anything that isn't of you, don't let us have dreams that are not godly or anything that might come against us while we're sleeping and we're not there to defend ourselves. That's good. And you can do that, especially if you've had troubling dreams or dreams that are against your basic nature. Then you can just pray this over yourself. Psalm 34, verse 7. The next one is verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Again, it's talking about you'll dwell in prosperity. You'll have no wants. All your needs will be met if you make the Lord a part of your everyday life all the time. And that's something else that I talk to God about. I say, Lord, you know we fear you, and your word promises that there's no want to those who fear you, and we haven't been in want, and we thank you for that, God. We believe that as long as we rely on you and put our trust in you, we're, we're never going to be in want, no matter what seems to be going on in the world around us, you're going to be taking care of us. Amen. And the last one, verse 11, come you children, listen to me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Mm. So the fear of the Lord can be taught. And that's why it said in Psalm 25 that you need to share that with your children so that they'll have the same kind of prosperity flowing through their life that you have because you'll teach them about the fear of the Lord. 
and we can be taught about it. The Lord can teach us. Amen. If we seek him and ask and say, Lord, teach me more about the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to fear you? And, and, and what's gonna, what, what are the benefits of learning the fear of the Lord? And, and let the Holy Spirit guide you to other scriptures that might not be part of this lesson even. I never have pretended that I was going to give you all the verses about any one given topic. These are just examples for your edification. Psalm 111, verse 10. I'm sorry, could you say that again? Psalm 111, verse 10. Thank you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Okay. That's the word of the Lord, the fear of the Lord in Psalms. Now I'm going to go to Proverbs, where there's many verses on the fear of the Lord. First one is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you're going to grow in the knowledge of God, you have to acknowledge His presence in your life. You have to make Him the cornerstone of your life. And then you'll start to gain the knowledge of God, and it comes out of the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Chapter 2, Psalm, Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to understand these things, Father. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Another thing to claim... If you're having issues with health and, or issues with joints and bones, thank you, God. You know I fear you. You promised that it would be health in my flesh and strength in my bones. I claim that promise right now in Jesus' name. Amen. These truths and promises have to be applied to our life the same way that salvation has to be received by saying a version of the sinner's prayer and acknowledging out loud that you're choosing Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you want the promises that are in Scripture, pray them out loud over yourself and say, Lord, your word says this. I pray that you'll give me what your word promises mm -hmm. because I'm doing my part. I'm fearing you. You said, if I fear you, this is what you'll do. 
He's a covenant-keeping God. That's why keeping his covenant because you fear him was so important from Psalm 25. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Could you say that verse again? Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Thank you. You're welcome. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 26 and 27. Proverbs chapter 14, 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. This is very important to me because I believe, and I'm going to get into this in a future lesson when I talk about timelines reappearing in our day, that the fear of the Lord being a place of refuge for us I believe that an application of that is what I call spiritual Goshen. There's going to be things that happen in the world to non-believers that will not happen to us. Just as the plagues in Egypt happened to the Egyptians, but not to the Israelis who were in Goshen. Spiritual Goshen is a place of refuge for those who fear the Lord, And it's not me saying it, it's the Word of God saying it. And also, it says it's a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Now, I have to say that since I was born again, I have no fear of death. And um, I'm looking forward to our home in heaven, and uh, Gary's teachings on heaven have only enhanced that aspect of it, but I believe that I still have a lot to do while I'm here, Amen. <laughs> and I want to do it, Amen. and um, so what I do is I look at these scriptures and I say, Lord, you know that I fear you. Turn me away from anything that might ensnare me toward death and give me the fountain of life that strengthens me and and, and prolongs my days so I can serve you to the uttermost. That's good. You see, we need to live our lives to fulfill our God assignments and serve Him. And if we're not doing that, then um, whatever you need to change <laughs> so that you are doing it, I would recommend making those changes, and especially in your own mindset. It, it, the battle is in our mind more than anywhere else. But if you have a mindset that you're going to serve God and, and fulfill the assignment he's chosen for your life, it says in Ephesians 2 that there were works prepared before the foundation of the world that we should walk in them. Right. But you can't walk in them 
if you don't choose to, if you don't seek to, if you don't make it your lifestyle. There's a lot of talk about lifestyle. But if your lifestyle is, I'm going to do the works that God prepared for me and I'm going to serve God as long as I'm here, that's the right lifestyle mindset as far as I'm concerned. And some of the things that I hope to teach in the future about that will drive that point home much more vividly than this does. But you're going to have to wait and um, be patient with me. Can't do it all in one day. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16. Proverbs 15, verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. And verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. The end of the book of Ecclesiastes. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. I'll say that again. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Mm, Amen? Amen. And the last one from the Old Testament of these examples of fear of the Lord is in Malachi chapter 4. Malachi 4. Verses 1 and 2. Malachi 4, 1 and 2. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that they will leave neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. The Son of Righteousness is Jesus, and he comes with healing in his wings to those who fear the Lord. Thank you, God. Okay, now I'm going to shift my focus to New Testament scriptures about the fear of the Lord. First one is in Matthew 10. Verse 28. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. This is a really cool scripture, and you could meditate on it for quite a while. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Think about that for a few hours. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 4. We've read this scripture more than once in this class already, but it's important to read it here in this context again. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us, as well as to them, meaning the Old Testament uh, Israelites. But the words which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For he who have believed, for we who have believed do enter God's rest. For as he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. There's a lot we can say about entering God's rest, and uh, I'll, I'm not going to get into that right now, but. It says that Israel's failure to enter the promised land becomes a solemn warning lest people who claim to be Christians fail to enter the rest that God has promised us. And that rest is a future, some people think it's a future heavenly rest, but I believe that the term describes our present experience. The believer who has fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and is controlled by the Holy Spirit, they are in his rest all the time. Amen. And that's what I want for each of you. Yes, thank you, Lord. And that's what I pray that you'll come to want for yourselves. And the works finished from the foundation of the world is talking about God's creation, his works of creation. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Verse 31. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So they were walking in the fear of the Lord. Then turn ahead to chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. This is when Peter went to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, and preached the gospel to them. And he said this, Verse 34, chapter 10, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him, whoever fears God, and works righteousness is accepted by him. Whoever fears God and works righteousness will be accepted by him. Philippians chapter 2, Verse 12, Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's talking about the fear of the Lord. Okay, he's not talking about 
being scared. He's talking about the fear of the Lord. And um, working out salvation, you are saved the minute you receive Jesus. When he enters you, you're saved. But what you're working out is how to walk in that and start receiving all the benefits that the Word of God has for you. And the way you work, you work that out is spelled out in Scripture all throughout the Bible. For instance, in Second Peter, it says, "Add to your faith virtue, and add to your virtues all these other things." And that's how you—that's one way you work out your own salvation. Another way is to be sanctified by the truth. Jesus prayed for us, "Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth." So everything starts and ends with the Word of God, and the more you are in it and the more you know about it, the more you're working out your salvation. And in Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the tender mercies of God, submit your bodies a human sacrifice unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind and transform ourselves from sinners to saints by being in the Word of God? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 5. Go back to Hebrews again. Verses 5 through 9. Hebrews 5, 5 through 9. <clears throat> so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, this is talking about God the Father saying to Jesus the Son, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. Everybody knows where that is, right? Psalm 2. Okay. And as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, we had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. The Father could have saved Jesus from death. He said it himself. If I wanted to, I could call down 10,000 legions of angels or whatever. But it pleased the Lord to crush him, to bruise him. To, it says in Isaiah... 53. In um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. 1 Peter 2, 15 through 17. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 
Honor all people, love the brotherhood or your fellow Christians, fear God, and honor the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 15 and verse 4. I'll start in the second part of verse 3. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nation, nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifest. That is the end of my section on the fear of the Lord. And um, there's not really time enough to go into the knowledge of God teaching today because I have at least 20 scriptures on that, maybe more. But so what I want to do is open it up for questions right now. Can I ask a question? How soon is this going to be uh, on the website? Later today. Later today. Mm -hmm. okay. Are your notes on the website too, or just the video? No. I, all I have is scripture references, okay. and the rest of it is spirit love okay. based on what the scripture says to me. I don't have a notes or outline that's typed out, or I don't have a script. I, I never do. I you can go on the audio. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, Barbara, go ahead. But you can go on the audio part if you go on the website. And it's not under, um, you know, you go under, what is it? The Grace Tab. Yeah, Grace Tab. Yeah, it's there. So click on the big, on the audio. It lists the sermons and Bruce. Yeah. Debbie? I just want to say I appreciate you sharing what your prayers are. Absolutely. I really appreciate that today. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I hope it helps. Yes. But these kind of things come with studying the Word and, 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 and growing in spiritual maturity. And like the Apostle Paul said, not that I've already attained, but I press on. Amen. Then yeah. we're all on our own path. No one's already attained and we all should be pressing on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus that we can make, lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of us. And that, that's my life verse. Other questions? Claude. Uh, it's not more of, a, more of a how you said how you Five-year-old, fifty-four-year-old, and now he's got to take a nap by five o'clock. Mm -hmm. He 
he's he's got two little children, a five and a one year old. So yeah, even like, but the, he said there are things to look into if you, if it might help your your adverse effects. Well, that's a worldly medical solution. The solution I'm telling is God's solution. And he said, if, if you if you repent and tell God you're sorry that you took it and ask for his healing and deliverance from the effects, he's willing to grant it because he spoke through his servant, the prophets. To, it, here's, here's what you need to know about prophets, okay? All believers can prophesy. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. But only a few are of the office of prophet mentioned in Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministry offices. And the office of prophet comes on the scene during evil and tumultuous political times on earth to point the finger at kings and leaders and say, what you're doing is wrong. If you don't repent, God is going to judge you and you're going to be punished. And the other thing they come to do is to tell believers what is coming to help us prepare in advance or to respond in, in a way that God is saying, this, tell my people this. Now, there's prophets like Cindy Jacobs who have spoken to kings in other countries, and there's prophets right here in America that we're listening to now who have called out the evil leaders by name and pointed their finger and said, if you don't, you, you can have 30 more days to repent and confess all your sins or, or your, your, your window's closed after that. God's just going to come and judge you. Nobody did, but there are whistleblowers coming forth, and there's a lot happening behind the scenes that most of us are unaware of. And that's what's so cool about that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't hear it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And God has not stopped working on our behalf. And although we're not seeing it publicly, there are things going on behind the scenes that are marvelous and will produce results that are wilder than our greatest expectation for good. And I'll talk more about that in the future. This is going on right now. Yes, right now. Could I ask you a question? <clears throat> when, uh, <laughs> when the uh, pandemic thing hit and you know, all the vaccines and all that, uh, Peggy and I kind of ignored it early on, and then we got a call from the hospital uh, where I'd had my open-heart surgery. Uh, and, you know, there was all these lines and there was complications to getting the vaccine and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we got a call from the hospital, and they said, because I'd been there, that, and this is a Christian hospital over in Leesburg, and the doctor uh Before he even did the heart surgery, they prayed with us. So I felt like God was a part of it. That's good. But anyway, when we got a call from the hospital, they not only said we were eligible for the vaccine, they said they had a schedule if we wanted to come in. So we prayed about it, and we asked God to bless it and sanctify it. 
and we went in and got the vaccine. And uh, is that a smart thing to do, to ask God to bless it and sanctify it? And, and tell, tell us, you know, we ask him, you know, tell us if we shouldn't do this. But uh, if we do, we ask that you bless it and sanctify it so that it won't have any ill effects on our body. Same thing with food. You know, on the, the end of Mark, it says these signs will follow those who believe. And one of the signs is if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm you. And so when I had dirty, horrible river water splashed in my mouth in India, I said it immediately. Your word promises that if I drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm me. I'm claiming that promise right now in Jesus' name. All I'm saying is with one of the prophets that we greatly respect has heard the Lord say, tell my people who took the vaccination that they can repent, say they're sorry, and I will provide healing for them. That's all. He's not saying what went on before you took it or anything like that. And that's up to you whether you feel the need to do that or not. But what you did it before you took it may be sufficient. But if there's anything that might help, why not do it? It's free. Right. I believe that's, <laughs> right. that's a good idea. So if I were you, I would do we've that. We've never had yes. any ill effects. Right. I mean, we've never had any ill effects. A, a lot of people haven't, but the kind of ill effects that are being predicted are the kind that are going to show up in the future. Yeah. After yeah. years, sometimes it's going to it'll start to show up. And... There's the instant effects that have already showed up, like athletes who are in their 20s and 30s just dying suddenly within weeks of taking it or even days. Jen? One of the positive things that we've been hearing about from the prophets, probably about three, four weeks ago, just weeks before the Asbury outpouring, is that there was going to be an outpouring and God's grace is going to grow. And it was going to begin with the people in their 20s. Mm. And now it's happened so soon. And that's part of what has been said, is that these things are going to happen soon. The prophecies, the recent prophecies. They right. don't give a date. They don't define soon. But, I mean, like in the next months. So we're indefinitely in time of change. And good change. I am going to teach about this in this class the things that are happening now in our world that are mirrors of biblical timelines from the Old Testament and the New Testament. I am going to talk about that. Um, Debbie said she wanted me to explain some of the um, parables that I'm going to interpret differently than ways you might have heard before. And uh, I can do that. What I want to do next time is talk about the knowledge of God and then get into some of those parables. And then we'll start the another thing two weeks from today. Is that okay? Uh-huh. Donna? Who were some of the prophets that you trapped? Okay. The Johnny Enlow. Johnny what? Enlow. E-N-L-O-W. Now we're listening on Elijah Streams and on prophets and patriots through um, Steve Schultz, Elijah's dreams, is one of the places we're listening. Then another one is Robin D. Bullock. Steve what? Robin D. Bullock. 
Hank Kuhneman. Here's Bill Kuhneman. Pardon me? Kuhneman Stonehill. K-U-N-N-E-M-A-N. And um, Amanda Grace. Donna Rigney. Kat Kerr. Julie Green. But you do need to go on Rumble. That, yeah, Julie Green is, has her own channel on Rumble. If you just type in Julie Green Ministry, you'll get to her. You can do the same thing for Donna Rigney, although she is on the um, Elijah stream. Kat Kerr has weekly show every Wednesday. Uh, uh, Wednesdays with Kat and Steve Schultz. Uh, Robin Bullock used to be on weekly on Mondays, but now he's only on occasionally. Hank Kuhneman has his own channel. Um, now he's on Monday, I think, now, right? Say it louder. Johnny Enlow, I think he's on Monday now. Johnny Enlow is on Monday. It's called Johnny Enlow Unfiltered. And the last two episodes, 44 and 45, are incredible. And then, um, yeah, but, you know, you can go back to older episodes and work your way up, whatever. No. So those are the ones that I that we listen to. Can you, can you help me understand how I get there to where I can listen to this? Do you have a fire stick or a, or a Roku? I have a, a fire stick. Okay, you go to, you have to download Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, it's a channel. It's a channel. It's free. Okay, Rumble channel. Yeah. Okay. And when you have the Rumble channel on your Fire Stick, you click on it. Okay. And then it'll say home, and above that will be the search spyglass thing. Oh. You click on the search thing, and then the alphabet comes up, and you type out the name of the person you want to watch. And then over to the right will come up all the different headings of the different lessons and the dates that they were preached and how many people have listened to it so far and stuff like that. Okay. If you click on some of these, there, there already have been heard within days of being posted by thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people. Is it on, on Roku too? Or just yes, we have Roku. Okay. Roku and Fire Stick are basically interchangeable. Okay. How did Kat Curry say? Is that K E R R? K E R R. And Kat is that K A T. It's not an abbreviation for another name. Okay. That's her only name. You'll be easily recognized. She has pink hair. Okay. <laughs> her ministry. Her ministry site is called <laughs> Revealing Heaven. She was commissioned to be a revelator by the Lord of what heaven is really like. And he has taken her there thousands of times. Mm. And then um, Johnny Enlow's, his primary website is Restore 7. Remember I talked about the seven mountains of influence? Does anybody remember that? The seven mountains of influence, government, the media, education, the art and entertainment industry, families, 
and um, freedom of speech and religion and education. So the, those are the seven mountains of influence. The way we got into the state that we're in is that the church did not stand and put up a fight against the deep state taking over all seven of those mountains in our lifetime. What were those seven again? Well, the government, mm -hmm. the media, the education system, the economy, Arts and entertainment industry, the family, they took over families by allowing gay marriage and all these other things and not even giving parents the right to keep their kid from being vaccinated or being in starting out in sex change hormones and things against the parents will sometimes. And the last one is religious freedom and freedom of speech which is only conservative people who are trying to post the truth were censored. And anyone who wanted to post any wicked lie that they wanted was just, you know, free to do it on all those all those media That's still going on networks. Now. Well, it's starting to change because seven of, mountains of Twitter. Hmm? Seven mountains of mountains of influence. But remember, Rome was a city mm -hmm. built on seven hills. And every time that there's a system in place to control everything, they have to have those seven mountains. And so Johnny Enlow, Restore Seven, is that the righteous mm -hmm. church believers need to take back the control of those seven areas of influence in the lives of Americans and for people all over the world mm -hmm. so that righteousness prevails and not evil. Okay? The church has to take it back. Yes. Yes. Okay. And the Bible says that the righteous contend for the kingdom through violence even. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean physical violence. It means being violently zealous for defending and inheriting the kingdom now. It's not in the future, it's now. Who is the one for heaven again in the prophet that talks about heaven? Cat Curry. K-A-T-T-K-E-R-R. K-A-T-K-E-R-R. to like pharmacy, pharmacia. Really, what that word 